Welcome back to the Less Doing Podcast. Today, my guest is Doug Farber, who is co-founder of Minal, which is, in my opinion, the coolest, definitely the coolest travel, or I guess backpack in general, that I've ever had, and one of the most successful Kickstarter campaigns of all time. And make sure that at the end of this episode, you go to lessdoing.com slash 299 to hear Doug's top three pieces of advice for being more effective. Um, so Doug, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Yeah, no, you're, you're most welcome. It's great, great to be on. And it really is an honor because first of all, I mean, like I, I'm very into backpacks. I've always have been, I like, like bags and organization. Uh, and, uh, I've had backpacks before that were the coolest and best backpack I've ever had. But Minal is the one that has sort of like kept that title for the longest. It's uh, it's, it's such a functional, such a great pack. And, uh, we'll have some images in the post so people can see it if they don't know what it is. But uh, let's talk about you first, a little bit of your background. You, you, have you always been like such a world traveler? Um, I think. I mean, I didn't. I mean, I'm from New Zealand, and I didn't didn't actually leave the country until I was 15. So I guess maybe maybe I felt like I had some had some catching up to do. But um, yeah, I think I've always been I've always been someone who kind of was yeah was looking forward to as as soon as I got the chance to to go out and and explore and that's kind of been yeah I guess a, a big part of what I've what I've been all about um and that's kind of yeah transitioned into um you know not not necessarily uh fitting into sort of corporate life or anything like that and and wanting to wanting to pave my own way and 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 finding someone to in in my co-founder Jimmy to um to get on board and and yeah and create something that allows us to kind of be wherever we want to be in, in the world well and so do you have a background in like product design or anything or what what was the initial sort of not steps that not at all um no i um i kind of started out as a as a corporate lawyer um a few years ago had a had a kind of short short career there until i sort of left to to travel and and sort of learn learn those industries um but no, no, no design, no, no manufacturing background, and and neither did my my co-founder Jimmy actually. But um, I guess one thing we we both seem to be pretty good at is kind of seeking out the um, yeah the experts and and the best people for um, in a particular field and and kind of bringing them on board. So that's sort of what we we did in this case. Well, so I, I think that this is a really important point for people to understand is that just be, if you know you identify a problem and you don't necessarily know how to solve it, like you don't have to have these specific backgrounds or these specific expertise to necessarily come up with a solution that works, right? So, I, I mean, I guess the problem here was obvious, right? You were traveling a lot and you wanted something that looked good and was functional. That was it. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty frustrated with kind of what what was out there after after a few years of travel and yeah, kind of had to had to make that right. And also for those, so again, for those who have not seen the Minal backpack, there's a, there's a couple of different versions, but essentially it's it's a very sleek, nice looking. It doesn't even look like a backpack most of the time, and you can actually put the the shoulder straps into a a, a slot so that it's like more of a briefcase. But it just holds so much <clears throat> in such an organized fashion. How many how many versions did you go through to get to the first one? To get to the you know, um, first, like, production version? Yeah. Many, um, <laughs> 13, 15, 17, something, something like that. Yeah. There was a lot of, um, kind of rapid iteration there. Um, I mean, yeah, over, over the course of a few years, really, um, we kind of, we had a, had a base of, of other sort of location independent entrepreneurs that we could, 
we could take a, a new sample to and, and get their kind of honest feedback and then then go away and uh, make changes based on that. But like, what did I mean? What did the first version look like? Since you didn't have product design, like, was it a sewn thing or like what was it made out of? You know, what what was the very first version? What did it look like? Well, we did so. so yeah, so ne- neither of us have that expertise, but once, I mean, after sort of sketching things for for a couple of years our, ourselves, we did we did bring on an expert. So the actual, the first physical version of our bag was, um, I mean, it was kind of, yeah, I, mean, I guess it, it was sort of in, in many ways a lot different to, to where the bag is now, but um, in some ways kind of similar, you know, the, the size was different, uh, was, was pretty much the same rather, and um, and I guess some of the some of the key features. Um, so it's been kind of a little, many little things that have that have changed over time and have kind of uh, transformed it into into what it is now. And then when you, I mean, the first Kickstarter campaign did was it? It was over a million, right? So the first one actually, I mean, it was quite a long time ago. So twenty thirteen. Yeah. So when when we yeah when we got to the end of the thirty days, there it was the. Um, yeah, it was the the most funded bag of of all time, but it was more. Uh, it was more in the you know it was three hundred and forty um, oh. thousand. No, um, sorry, you've done over a million total, right? In That's right. Yeah. yeah. So so came back with uh, along with the second one. We've actually we've only done two, but yeah, but uh, the total comes in sort of over over a million there. And so what was that like too? Because you know, kick, Kickstarter campaigns are those kinds of things, right? Where if, if it, it People, I don't think, realize how much goes into doing a successful Kickstarter campaign. And did you, did you work with Clay there on the first one? We did, yeah, yeah. He was um, he was super super helpful, and yeah, it was a, you know was was a big part of our our success there because um, we didn't really. I can't think, I, I'm not sure we knew really knew anyone else who'd who'd done one at, at that point. So yeah, he was a he was a great um, sounding board and, and source of advice, um, and I think. Uh, you know, the sort of, on top of that, the kind of effort that had gone into, um, I mean, firstly the the product to make sure that it that it was something which which was going to be useful to the the, the target market, and um, it turned out it was useful to to a lot more people than we um, that we imagined, and um, yeah, just just kind of building that that community over time to um, to sort of be invested and and be taken along for for the ride was was really valuable. And that's and that's awesome. And also for those you know, interested, Clay is a is a friend of mine, also who is the founder of Crowdfunding Hacks, and he was on episode one forty six of the Western Podcast. If you want to go check that out, um, so what is your is your sort of for, focus for now really just improving the product and coming up with sort of accessory and stuff, or do you have uh, like a, a, another line or something in mind? Yeah, I mean, I'd say there's there's always um, there's there's quite a few people now working on on product development, so there's there's kind of various uh, various things in, in different stages of development, but yeah, we're sort of we're not afraid to to kill a lot of products before they before they um, make it to, to market. You know, we have a pretty a pretty high standard for for what we would sort of bring bring into the world there. So um, yeah, it's hard to say what um, of of these things will will come out. So we yeah we we keep it keep it pretty quiet. Don't want to don't want to disappoint anyone that, that something doesn't. Doesn't make it. <laughs> yeah, there's there's plenty cool. going on behind the scenes. Could, could you tell me, a, like, is there a feature or two that you had considered in putting in the bags that you decided not to? Um, well, I think. Well, yeah, like I a guess, like a built-in charger, for example. <laughs> yeah, so so that's 
so that's one that yeah there are a few things that that people sort of do do request and then we we kind of explain why we've uh, you know decided not to to bring something in and the and the charges is that you know we're we're making something that we you know that we expect to last kind of 20 plus years um so there are a lot of things that we don't do because of that and and one of those is yeah sort of adding any electronics into it um so we yeah we instead provide lots of lots of ways for those things to be incorporated you know plenty of pockets and and kind of openings between you know for example you can you can still lock um there's kind of locking zips on there and so you can still lock these zips together while having a cord come out if you've got got something in there so um yeah we've 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 kind of as part of the the testing and development we we use a lot of these various devices and and test how they they work with it so um kind of allow people to to bring their own and and can kind of update those over the you know over the decades that they that they own the bag and but were there were there any other kind of features though that kind of didn't make the cut um, well, the, occasionally we still, we still hear from people wanting to add our uh, wheels to the, to the bottom, but, uh, ah. that one has, uh, yeah, that, do, that doesn't kind of fit the, um, yeah, fit really the, the use case of the bag. Um, uh, we're very, very obsessive about, about weight. Um, so I think there's, there's some photos at some point of us. I remember, you know, attacking one of the sample bags with a, um, with a knife and and separating each each tiny individual piece of fabric and 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 every component and and basically weighing weighing each bit to see where where savings could come so that's a that's a big thing for us and and wheels kind of i think would um yeah wouldn't wouldn't help the the comfort or the or the weight really yeah no i i, I fully agree with that um and then so just a sort of backing up a little bit, like a high level, you know, if somebody has an idea for a product like this, I mean, mm. and you don't have to get too detailed necessarily, but do you, do you really, do you think in general it's a good idea to like start with a prototype of some sort and then get feedback on it and then sort of try to bring it to market somehow? Or? Yeah, I, th- I think so. It's, it's, um, I mean, you can, yeah, you can, you can do a lot with sketches and things, but in terms of getting, uh, getting feedback from, from users, you really need to, to give them something to, to kind of touch and, and work with if, if it is to be a physical product. I think there's sort of, there's no, no real way of getting, getting around that. Um, so yeah, as, as quickly as you can get to that point as possible to, um, yeah, to, to have something for people to, to play with, I think is good. And then, but again, now if, if you have no skills in terms of actually creating a prototype, you know, I mean, what do you suggest people do then? Uh, well, I think if it's yeah, if it, if it is something that you're um, you're kind of serious about, it's it's not. I mean, I think yeah, you, you kind of need to to find a way to to get to that point. Whether it's um, maybe you know talking to people at your your local makerspace or um yeah just just finding out maybe people in your area who who do have enough of the skills to to just put together something initial for you to to work with yeah, just so people can sort of touch it yeah. um and then uh as far as like your team now like and so you're you're fully remote obviously right yeah where, right. where is the manufacturing done so we're in vietnam for that we've been with with the same factory right from the yeah, right from the beginning they've, they've been really good and how did you choose that? You know, because obviously there's 
different manufacturers. There's you know manufacturing centers for the same kind of thing all over the place. So how did you end up deciding on a, a solid factory? Yeah, so it was actually it was a very long long search for us. So kind of as part of us kind of learning the the manufacturing and, and textile industries in general, we were at the same time traveling all over the world. So you know we spent time in in the U.S., China, um, Philippines, Vietnam, um, and yeah, we had a lot of uh, a lot of boxes that we we needed to tick in terms of kind of um, you know ethics environmental concerns and and quality um and so that yeah it took us a really long time to to find find a place that kind of um ticked all those boxes and and eventually got there and um yeah have a really good good relationship with the the factory we we work with now and what are some of the things that are like for your travel that are you know uh, essentials for you that you know three things that like you can travel without Um, well, you know, obviously my, my Manal bag would, would have to be one. <laughs> well, then what's um, in the bag? <laughs> stuff in the bag. Uh, one, I'll, I'll try and pick some, maybe try and pick some, some random stuff that, that a lot of people don't use. Um, uh, the, I use a, a thing called the, the Steeripod, um, which is just a little, um, it's kind of a little sterilization capsule that, um, that kind of um, clips around the the end of your or the messy end of your your toothbrush, um, and so that means you know it, it also works as a little little stand, so it keeps it away from the the wet spaces, and it means I can just I can kind of throw it in my throw it in my bag if I if I don't want to put it straight back in a you know a toiletry bag or a, or a dop kit. So and it you know it keeps the keeps the toothbrush nice and nice and fresh as I travel around. Um, so that would be one. Um, another is um, to take a uh, sort of a, a sleeping bag liner with me. Um, so it's just something that if you get, you know, if you get caught um, in an airport or um, or sort of anywhere, and you might need to to sleep overnight, if you you know you can kind of throw your throw your valuables down the down the bottom of that. So um, yeah, can kind of uh, cut down on that risk of, of people coming through and, and swiping things. Um, and as a number three, oh, some good um, some good kind of slip on uh, shoes for for all the times you you go through. Um, pretty, I think in, in the early days having to um, get down and kind of undo these laces and, and do them up again. So now I can. But, you know, the, the bag is is obviously pretty pretty streamlined in in terms of what I can do there, but yeah, it helps to have uh, have everything else. So so shoes and a um, and a belt that you can uh, that you can keep on. So it's got of maybe some carbon fiber instead of the um, instead of the regular metal belt that's gonna gonna buzz off. Cool, those are good ones. And then uh, one more uh, sort of general question here for you is how. How do you decide where you're going to be traveling to? Yeah, that that is a that is a good question. Um, so I think I like to um, because of course I, yeah I can do most of my work from from anywhere. So there's the kind of the the events that I'm you know that I'm that I'm going to in in various parts of the the world. Um, I kind of you know look look between those two places and see well what would be a is there anywhere kind of 
uh, in the middle that I would want to hang out or visit? Are there any sort of interesting ways that I can can travel between them? So an example recently might be I was um, yeah, I was flying from Europe to, to a conference in, in Bangkok and um, I haven't really seen a lot of Central Asia. I didn't have a lot of time to work with, but I yeah, I decided to, to check. So, I, you know, I, I had a look at the, the direct flight first and that, that all seemed very direct and boring. So I um, so I had a look at some other options and I ended up flying into um, Bishkek in Kyrgyzstan and out of um, Almaty, Kazakhstan, um, sort of less than 24 hours later. So, yeah, I'd, I'd created kind of a, a challenge for myself to to get between those places overland and, and through the border without, without much Russian. Um, so yeah, put, put a bit of pressure on myself cause there was a, there was a, a flight at the other end and a, and part of a conference that I would have missed. So, um, yeah, I kind of enjoy setting myself those, those challenges. That's, that's really cool. Um, and I mean, do you ever feel like that, that this is sort of like, not like a loaded question, but do you ever feel like that sort of like lacks stability for you? Do you ever, it's like having some sort of like, you know, roots down. Um, not not so much. I think I think part of it part of it for me is that most of this travel isn't uh, isn't being dictated by by someone else. You know, it's um, right. It's mostly off my yeah, mostly off my own bat. And and if it ever got too much, I could um, yeah, I could just stay in, in one place and and everything would still um, still happen as normal. So I think that that kind of um, yeah, taking the pressure off there um, sort of removes any any pain there there for me, and and it's you know after all these years of traveling, um, you know I, maybe I I would have thought a few years ago that I'd be sick of it by now, but yeah that that hasn't uh, that hasn't happened yet. So yeah, still very much enjoy the kind of the inspiration and the and the energy that that travel uh, gives me. So yeah, still still loving it. Uh- and uh, I, I will have one more question that's maybe to think of too is what's your favorite airline and why? <laughs> Ooh, um, yeah, I don't I don't show a lot of uh, loyalty to to airlines usually, but um, I think this this may sound like a quite a patriotic um, answer, but actually I think Air New Zealand is a, is my favorite my favorite airline. Um, okay, enjoy the, <laughs> enjoy the um the marketing, and I think there's just there's a lot of um, yeah attention to detail and 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 the things they do and I kind of kind of appreciate that as well as the sort of everyone seems to be pretty pretty friendly and I guess I get that that little pang of of home as well I'm sure sure helps. Um, all right, well, so uh, thanks again. I mean, where can people go to find out more about you about the bag and everything? Yeah, so I guess it, it's it's all to be found at manal.com. So M I N A A L. Um, let's see, yeah, I guess I, 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 meant to, I forgot to ask what, is, what does Manal mean? So Manal um, was kind of a was to be a, a made up word um, kind of that evoked minimalism because that was the that was to be the ethos of the brand so you know all those years ago when we when we first came up with the, the concept and um, so it was actually something where I, I woke up at about four in the morning after kind of a few weeks of, of mulling that over and not really coming up with anything good um, and sort of Manal sort of popped into my head. I, I registered the, the dot com and sort of went, went back to sleep after that and we, we researched it um, 
a few days later and and discovered that that actually it is a it is a word already and in arabic it um it's a name meaning to reach your destination so um yeah for our travel oh. brand that was kind of the the end of the search there so yeah it was the ma- the made up word that that wasn't basically well uh wonderful doug thank you again for your time that was great yeah, no, absolute pleasure thank you so, all right,